Sorry, you just heard it's Dog of War by the Hell Yeah Babies, which means I'm Nick Bond. I'm Andy Miller. And this is how wrestling explains an over-the-top episode today, Andy. Over-the-top, huh? Yeah, and well, not over-the-top the movie, over-the-top the WWE Network. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. They used to sell that as over-the-top, and they would do it with the Devil on Tundra, and they're like, this is dumb. Let's just tell people there's going to be matches on there. I'm glad we embraced <laughs> uh the best of wwe marketing yeah it's uh i i've watched so much wwe marketing in my life i've just kind of absorbed it into my bloodstream do you remember the dubstep commercial they did yeah that shit was fucking awesome <laughs> do you remember dubstep yeah i love that fucking skrillex song they basically that was a fun week yeah it, it was at least a month i think it might have been an entire summer to be honest and we wanted to start off by talking about the pre-wwe network world uh weird wacky place andy it goes back a long time and you can credit wwe for the way a lot of major entertainment providers delivered their entertainment to the world um pay-per-view was more or less born from professional wrestling and the wwe in particular thank you wrestlemania and everything that came from it boxing embraced it ufc kind of reinvented it in the 2000s um yeah yeah thanks wwe for pay-per-view problem with pay-per-view though of course is they were super fucking expensive they were very expensive they they started off expensive and got more expensive yeah um i grew up pleading with my parents to buy 30 dollars a month pay-per-views um it worked out really well for me with wrestlemania each year usually falling on or around my birthday now they're what 45 dollars if you're lucky and 60 dollars depending on your provider yeah and speaking of providers, you have to have cable or satellite, and you have to be in really good standing to justify those purchases. And you will sit around a TV, and that is the only way you will watch. And in the 2000s, before we got blessed with the WWE Network, I did one or two of those buy the pay-per-view on WWE.com pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Um not the most pleasant viewing experience. Um, no, really think... hard to set up. There was no way to watch for very long time, up until 2004, up until the network. Really, the only way you could watch a pay-per-view if you were, for instance, in college is if you had somebody who had a computer, they signed up for WWE.com, bought the network on... Uh, not, no, that's not what I meant. Brought the Carter. show uh, a la carte. And then hooked up their computer to a television. Otherwise, you're going to be watching on their like computer monitor. Yeah, my friend Alex and I watched a WrestleMania on my laptop screen. Yeah. Like hovered around a desk in my bedroom. And it was a really not great way to watch the biggest show of the year. Yeah. And when we were in college senior year, I know I spent $60 a month, sometimes $84, $85 a month because we also did TNA pay-per-views uh just on pay-per-views and it's like we were broke college people like we were we had no fucking money and we were spending it like if the wwe wwe network existed when i was in college i would have been able to buy a lot more drugs that's really disappointing to me that i spent that money on fucking wrestling pay-per-views instead times were tough man (laughs) it's times were tough (laughs) <laughs> yeah like i kind of had way more shrooms and why i had way less shrooms because you know i've never done shrooms once a month i could have got i could have done shrooms and instead i'm watching the fucking this stupid ass paper reaction that I usually basically I, I don't think the value went up but i don't think it went down like the ww network i think one of the best things it's done is as continue or increase the value of the pay-per-views you're watching like and not like oh well i used to pay 50 60 for this and i'm now paying ten dollars a month for it and i'm getting one fifth the amount of stuff it's like i'm getting the same stuff i was getting it you're getting substantially more bang for your buck yes with the wwe network so right off the bat instead of paying 50 dollars a month for that pay-per-view you're not paying 9.99 yeah they made the point 9.99 that goddamn 9.99 t-shirt and if it costs more than nine ninety nine, boy, do they fuck up. Um, but right off the bat, if I'm saving $40 a month on the show, I'm watching the show. And instead of maybe getting my money once every couple months, maybe once a year for Mania, I've for the last several years, I've just 
auto paid ten bucks a mm-hmm. month and not even thought about it. So here's my buck twenty a year to start. Yeah, I think if you're looking at what's happening up until actually this episode of Raw, the past month or so on Raw, if that was then building to a pay per view, I would not have bought the pay per view. If it wasn't the Saudi Arabia show, I would be watching the next WWE pay per view just because like. It's $10. I have it anyways. It's on. It's live wrestling. The matches are probably going to be decent. It has completely... It hasn't completely changed my viewing habits in the sense that I used to have... I I found on the internet through... Uh, you acquired ways by which to watch shows without purchasing... Yeah, that's... Uh, I liberated them from the WWE copyright. It would be the... <laughs> Yeah, you you found unverified sources to provide by me with by literally which... every pay per view for like twenty years and a bunch of shows. I had a lot of stuff, so I basically had like a mini WWE network. So I was different than a lot of people, but most people I knew they either had DVDs or they had nothing, and you would just talk about wrestling or try to find it on YouTube. No longer makes you pick and choose based on the quality, based on the perceived value of a given show. Nobody anywhere feels they need to spend sixty dollars on a June pay per view. It's I didn't watch Double or Nothing specifically. I'm not spending that kind of money, and like I can totally afford it. It's not like it's not like when I was in college would have been like, uh, am I gonna have like ramen again tonight? It's like I'll be fine, but I didn't want to spend that money on a pay per view because it feels weird when I spend ten dollars a month on WWE and I get a bunch more. Sh- that's six, five, six months of WWE Network. Right. It changes the perceived value of wrestling. Yeah. But it also makes you less likely to skip something based on it being more or less worthy of your monthly price. Yeah. But at the same time, and I actually had originally written, I wrote my reviews for Juice Make Sugar called Bang for Your Buck, but I changed it to the Renew review because I was never going to, like, not that I was ever going to not renew, renew up until the last couple of months. Like uh, you said, yeah, I, I've been teetering on the edge of not being a WWE Network subscriber. I will probably will never not because it's so cheap that it doesn't even like register. Like, and it's also one of those things where they offer so much because that's the other big thing. Like I said, I had a lot of stuff. The stuff they had was not unless you were a tape trader or had the like just an unreal amount of hard drive space. It was very hard to get the amount of stuff on the network on your computer there's just so much and there's always been a lot of stuff on the network they've added a lot as they've built it out and added new shows and stuff like that but the amount of content on the network before you even get into the live stuff which we'll talk about in a minute is so the archive of everything is so incredibly mind-blowing the idea that you can literally just be like i want to watch the 1988 SummerSlam show. And it's there. And part of this is also amazing foresight by Vince McMahon. Because in the late 90s, early 2000s, motherfuckers started spending money on tape libraries. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it didn't really didn't really seem to make sense. And Bruce Prichard has talked about this on Something to Wrestle. Where it's even in the, in the 90s, Vince always had a vision for a WWE channel, a mm-hmm. network. Whether it was a cable channel or... He, he wasn't even sure how it would work, where it would live. He just knew, I envision a place where my shit airs all the time. Yeah. And they had but it. They to, had... They, they, they've they had vari- variants of it for, for a long time before the WWE Network existed. They had uh, the, the WWE, 24-7. That's the one I was They thinking. had WWE Classics on Demand. Mm-hmm. They, they had things that were kind of like WWE Network, but, weren't, but were not WWE Network. They They would have very specific, very curated, very... It was like everything was a collection Mm -hmm. in the, like, that you have on the WWE Network. Every single thing that came out, and you could archive, and you could have older matches and stuff like that. There was a lot of really good stuff on uh, on that network, but it wasn't a network. It was literally just an on-demand service in the classic sense of, like, oh, before we had, like, It was your cable attached to... On-demand pay-per-view. Yeah versus what it is now where you just call up anything from yeah ever it is just the, the difference between an on-demand service and a streaming service is something i think we can talk about like when we talk about we're going to do an episode on cable i think that's more but like becoming 
a streaming service was really a breakthrough in a lot of ways for the company because it officially and i wrote this when it came out it made them a content company they were no longer a wrestling company that is officially when they became a content company where it was about producing stuff to fill we talk we talk about this a lot like innings you mm-hmm. just need somebody you just need content you just right. need to dumb They're, shit if, if they were a wrestling company you'd be booking you know long story arcs with with wrestling angles and wrestling storylines they're booking TV each week because yeah. they, need, they need to fill I don't even know how many damn hours a week they're producing at this point but it's a lot and all that's being archived in a place where you can go and get your money's worth every week and it's uh, it's that with the Hulu deal where mm-hmm. they're they're giving them Smackdown and they're giving them an hour with and the half Saudi Arabia deal the, yeah. what appears to be a, a, an ongoing deal with Australia to, to produce a similar show yeah it's like no we're, we're here to create content and that's why we have 6,000 wrestlers on their contract and and we're going to archive all of it. You can watch everything we've ever done. Enjoy. Yeah. And that's... It, it, it. You see it now in stuff like Disney Plus is now coming. So it becomes this combination of we have this huge catalog. And, and like you said, Vince McMahon was very smart in buying... One of the things he did when he bought WCW was he bought the entire fucking tape library and yeah. all of the logos. So he doesn't have to worry about it. And he owned WCW. Like all of the relevant stuff he owned. He didn't need any of the contracts. He didn't need any of the people. Because he understood... And you can watch it on the network in the Monday Night War or the whatever. I think it was just called the Monday Night War where every episode is about them winning. But they can use all of the footage from everything. They have everything. They know there's no part of the story they can't tell. Right. And they got to tell the story. And that's all that matters. And you also see it in this, the content deals they do with A&E and stuff like that. They're doing these content deals with Bill Simmons. They did the thing with the Andre the Giant and HBO. Uh, Andre the Giant documentary on HBO. Where they have all of the rights to all of the this footage. And now they get to leverage it. Because I think Vince McMahon understood that wrestling would eventually be a thing that people would want to tell stories about itself. So you have documentaries, you have that kind of stuff. With that said, that is actually my favorite part of the network now is that they use it as a means to repurpose a lot of their own footage and current mm-hmm. perp- uh, current footage. And they just have camera crews tailing guys yeah. all the fucking time. So not only do you have shows like uh, Ride Along, where it's like, no, let's just go follow our guys. They're on the road anyway. Put a couple GoPros in their car. Mic them. New show done, um, but you also get stuff like the Nigel McGuinness documentary, mm-hmm. where it's they used footage from his own documentary that he shot. They um, they licensed video from other wrestling promotions, and they just have a, a small crew. Here's a mic and a couple cameras following you around for a couple months, and they tell amazing stories about their guys just doing their jobs and, and, and living their lives. The Nigel one is the most recent that I have watched and it was fantastic. They've done somewhere with AJ Styles or the, re- the return of Kevin Owens. Uh, as we're recording tonight, the Ronda Rousey documentary is going to premiere and I can't wait to watch it because it's going to be absolutely incredible. They have access to every moment of in-ring footage. They have access to the moment people get behind the scenes and as they release more historical stuff too, they've always been doing this. Mm-hmm. They've had 30 years of foresight on this to the point where there's such potential for storytelling, not just through wrestling, but about wrestling. That is the one thing they still do well is the presentation of their content in the sense of them creating stuff like you said repurposing content the wrestlemania rewinds is one of the things they did earlier on and they can do a lot of they are leveraging the star power of their individual performers to create documentaries the charlotte chronicle one is the most recent one i saw even going back to when they had uh william shatner narrating mm-hmm. over the guys at nxt yeah here we're going to focus on some dudes training here's some guys you've never heard of here's some guys you have heard of here they all are all trying to fight for the same spot mm-hmm. and that that building up to guys like apollo cruz or enzo and big Cass uh being told they're being called up and capturing those moments mm-hmm. it's incredible because for you know the last 35 years vince mcmahon has told people like well we make movies pal 
and it's been about moments. It's yeah. always been about moments. Like if, if we talk about wrestling, we've got you know the Hogan body slamming Andre moment, mm-hmm. or the Ultimate Warrior winning the title, or Shawn Michaels repelling at WrestleMania 12. Like there's just moment after moment, and now you have those moments behind the scenes, and you've constructed a way to have them come up organically. But because you're always celebrating yourself on the network or telling a story about, like like I said, telling a story about yourself. But I think what's important to understand about the WWE Network is that none of this would work if they didn't also produce live shows for it. Like, I think you couldn't get away with just a world where everything except for the new pay-per-views is on the network. And then, like, you can only watch pay-per-views through your cable provider. I don't think that would work. People wouldn't pay $10 on top of paying you $50. They would maybe do 10 and 20 or something like that. You could do 10 and 40 maybe. But I think that the network, the live shows, would no one would pay more than $5, I feel like, if it wasn't for the live shows. Because we all have in our heads... This idea of, oh, these used to cost like 50 bucks. They they reconditioned us to be like, $10 is great. Take my money. Yeah. It's, $9.99 is a magic number Mm -hmm. in in sales in general. Yeah. So it's it's a really great spot to be. It's one of those things where, like you said before, you don't even think about it. It's like, yeah, just take my fucking money. I don't give a shit. Like it's, it's like buying food. Mm-hmm. If you if you're buying a meal, it's like ten bucks. Like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. If you're buying a meal where it's like thirteen dollars, okay, wait a second. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that, I that's can't do this again. Burrito. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I can't do this again. I'll have to fine. eat from home yeah. tomorrow. Kind I'll of. I'll go home shit. and make a sandwich. It's yeah, fine. but like ten bucks. Like, I got, I got ten yeah. bucks. What's the big deal? And I think it's that is something that actually has been. I don't want to say degraded, but if you look at what was happening, like. I remember the first show they basically ran the pilot for WrestleMania 30 with NXT TakeOver. The first NXT, one of the first NXT TakeOvers. It might have been the first NXT TakeOver. And it was a really great way to get people to watch an important show for the company and also use it as like a... As a beta test. As a beta test, exactly, for what's going to be the biggest thing the company's basically ever done. Because if the WrestleMania 30 stream goes down, let's say, during the daniel bryan match that's a huge problem that's not quite maybe like a goldberg losing the goldberg ddp match at the end of halloween havoc where you have to replay it the next night because it's on the network anybody can see it and it'll eventually like they'll be able to but it's still a bad look it's still a bad look and i think it was really smart by them and it's another way in which they people say domino's isn't a pizza company it's a technology company and in terms of like it's logistic, it's all about logistics and making new apps and making all of this shit work in this delivery system essentially. And that's kind of like what I'm saying with WWE Network in terms of WWE becoming a content company. That's the same kind of things they're treating launches like so almost like a software company would uh, company would in the sense of like we have this system we have to make sure it works because our goal is to get the content out it's not even to make the content anymore it is literally to, to deliver the content to deliver the, the bulk content. of the company's money is now coming from the network and tv deals yeah that's it no one's going to the fucking live shows yeah. if, you, if you've been to an arena lately nobody goes to live stuff anymore period really we're, we're all fucking busy we're all lazy and yeah. we're all super digitally connected to everything and you can see anything on i can yeah like you you're saying like i can watch raw or smackdown on the way home on the train i don't need to go to the show necessarily like if it's a big show but if you wanted to go to i, I if you wanted to go to like let's say a random raw i probably i might be like eh. i think you even asked me like a couple a little while ago and it was raw's like, coming to the nassau coliseum which is a 15 minute ride from my house eh. yeah it's i'm like, off the next day eh. yeah and it's not that I, we like hate live shows are always fun even if the actual show itself is kind of shitty they're almost always fun but it's like i don't feel like spending 80 dollars to go watch something i can hang out with yeah. you at my house and yeah, do. we can you know 
become under the influence of things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And be time. in no condition to perform and still watch and yeah. not, yeah, and not have to worry about anything, not have to, and it's the same thing you see in, when you're talking about, like, professional sports and stuff. Concerts are really the only things I feel like people still, and, and like, big tentpole movie events. But, like, concerts are, like, I'm going and watching a band I know I like play songs i know i like in a way that i'm not going to hear if i don't go to the show yeah exactly and and with uh, with that it's a very special specific thing but like and movies it's really just tent poles people don't go see random movies anymore wrestling can be that way where it feels like a concert if it's done really really well yeah. and you feel like you experience if you want to go to an nxt show i'm in every time it's it's kind of like when i when i talked about going to wrestlemania the first time when I walked into the arena, or not the arena, the stadium in Miami for um, WrestleMania 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, WrestleMania 28. When I walked through, you know, walked into the gate and I and I just saw the ring and I saw the stage, it, I, it took my breath away because it's, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a special thing. It's an actual it's a special. It's a special moment and watching it on TV, it's like, oh, wow, it's really fucking cool. Yeah. Or being in Dallas with a hundred thousand people, yeah, maybe um, soaking that, wet. A hundred thousand people. A hundred thousand people, if you include like the parking lot attendants, <laughs> the dude selling you know WrestleMania shirts outside, or, <laughs> you know, like it's. But still, like, it's those moments are really cool. But like, hey, I'm at the Nassau Coliseum. The upper deck is tarped off, and I just spend nine dollars on a sandwich. Yeah, it's like it's mm. uh, yeah, mm. it's. It's not necessarily worth it. Evolution it's, worth it. Right. NXT worth it. They have that is just something that's happening for everybody. So I don't think it's about that. It's really that they can only make money. Only way anybody really makes money is off of these kind of like subscription services in the media business. People make money off of shit other ways. Drugs. Yeah, mostly mostly drugs and like oil is how mm. people make money. And More. occasionally drugs. Made from oil, I would oh. assume. Yeah, there seems the future. like future. Yeah. <laughs> Can you patent that shit? Cool. Yeah, because <laughs> we're not running out of oil, and medicine is already too expensive. We should consult the Saudis. <laughs> you think they're listening? Probably. I'm in in the room. You mean in the room or in the show? They have to be downloading this, right? <laughs> yes. Actually, no. I would get that that on my. Uh, oh. Yeah. So thanks for. Can we target market? Yes. (laughs) Do you like the slaughter of innocent journalists? You'll love. I'm not innocent. I'm fine. (laughs) I'm safe. The NBA does it. The NBA makes most of the revenue off of their TV deals. They still get people to come to the games, but like not every game is sold out. When you look at some some sports teams in general, um, baseball this year attendance is way down. Yeah. Um, There were. I think there was a a weekend where the Marlins and the Rays had like ten thousand combined. Yeah, their stadiums. not good, Bob. Yeah, they both have beautiful new uh, stadiums to play yeah. in, and um, no one's going. Yeah, big empty stadiums. More people in the dugout than in the stands. And and part of that, and all of that boils down to what the WWE started. It understood probably earlier than most other sporting leagues, other than probably the NBA. Like uh, MLB has had. Uh, MLB.tv slash uh, extra innings or whatever you want to call it for a while. But I feel like NBA League Pass was a thing long before that. And I think it's because they have very similar star-structured leagues that it's about getting people... And they have, they have the same kind of dedicated fan base as baseball or whatever. But they don't have the same... Like, oh, I'll just watch a random wrestling if i'm watching a random john cena match chances are he's going to be in a match that's going to last 15 to 20 minutes uh, in his prime i mean uh 15 to 20 minutes probably going to be good it's going to happen at the end of the show so i know it's going to happen he's probably going to win same thing with basketball to a different in a slightly different way like i know my favorite player if i want to watch steph curry's probably going to score like 15 to 37 points on like either not that great three-point shooting but wild shots or really incredible three-point shooting on really good that'll be fun to watch baseball it's like the guy can go over four and strike out three times and he could be mike trout and it's like i'm a, just I'm a yankees fan and it's i've got I, I had partial season tickets last year and sometimes aaron judge smokes the ball all day yeah 
sometimes he goes down swinging four times. Yeah. Or you know, sometimes you go to a game and Masahiro Tanaka throws seven shutout innings and strikes 12 guys out. And sometimes he's out in three innings. Yeah. And it's, and it's like there's way more variance for that kind of stuff. So I think that the models that the WWE and the NBA Live and stuff like uh, NBA Live, NBA took in terms of disseminating their uh, their product and their leniency, relatively speaking, with like people doing mixtapes of stuff. Like WWE has always been pretty good with like music, people doing music remixes of clips and stuff like that. They're very selectively good about yeah. it. If they don't want certain clips, they will pull the clips. But if it's all clips they're okay with, they don't give a fuck. They're like, okay, we'll monetize that shit. But other mm. than that, we don't fucking right. care. It's not a big deal. Like, we already made our money on that shit. And it's making people, like, want to watch old stuff. And, like, they did, they purged a lot of stuff around the, when the network came out. But it they understood the point of that in the way that, like, MLB notoriously doesn't. And NFL notoriously doesn't. Where they they're much stricter about it because they want to control everything that they're putting out. And I think WWE Network allows them to have the best of that, uh, the best of both worlds in terms of that. Where like people can watch whatever the fuck they want to watch, but also they can produce content that they want to produce and feel like they have control over that. They can curate stuff like collections. They can push out things selectively. Superstars only doing the first year of superstars after everybody waited for so long doing like hidden gems and having the hidden gems because they found out I, they literally found out that people watch a lot of old wrestling on it they were like oh really people watch this so they just started putting hidden gems but hidden gems can now encompass whatever they want it could be shit from 1956 or it could be something from like 2018 your promo that didn't air last year yeah yeah exactly so is part of the value of the network rewatchability? yeah oh because that's... for me like i can't watch an old sporting event but I can watch old wrestling like it's nothing. I can yeah. watch, I can, I can I right now watch Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10, knowing everything that happens, and watch it like it's. It's the first what, time. like watching an old episode of a television show where I feel like I will occasionally like if the NBA now NBA TV was playing the two thousand game six of the two thousand six two thousand eight NBA Finals that the Celtics beat the Lakers and clinched. Like, I'd totally fucking watch that. But I wouldn't go on an NBA League Pass and be like, I really want to watch Game 6 of... Because there's a... There is the idea of wanting to create memories that WWE has that we want to, like, get back into those memories and live through those memories and rewatching helps us do that. Basketball players are just trying to win fucking games and look cool doing it for the most part. They're not trying to like, like Kawhi Leonard was trying to win a game. He wasn't trying to have the best shot in the history of basketball. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he was just trying to win a fucking game. He wasn't trying to do, that is inherently dramatic. And it's so inherently dramatic and the stakes are so high that we are brought to watching that clip over and over again. We don't need to know how they got there because the moment is the, the magic of that happening through happenstance. Nothing in wrestling is really happening through happenstance. And when it does and it folds into the larger story, that's the shit that makes us watch it over and over and over again. Is like when there's actual real life stuff involved in a match, Owen and Brett. That's what makes us, as you watch, that's one of the reasons I love the Owen Brett cage match. That whole feud. It's the culmination of a year storyline. But watching them reading Bret Hart talk about that match and how safe they were with each other because they didn't want to get hurt. Because, mm -hmm. you know, A, you never want to do that. B, you never want to hurt your brother. Like, in that context, you know what I'm saying? Especially as close as they were. So, like, watching that and then re-watching the match, it gives me, like, a new appreciation of... You can watch it in a different way. Yeah, time exactly. And and with sports, it's like, yeah, it's cool, and I'll totally re-watch stuff. Like, I'll watch old Allen Iverson games. I used to watch ESPN Classic, but it's not the same kind of compel compulsion to watch old stuff because I'm not, like, getting anything analytical out of it. We're, like... For wrestling, I'm engaging with the story they're trying to tell because they're trying to tell a story and not just win a game. Is there a downside to the network for you? Um, I think that it's less about there being a downside and more about them not reaching their potential with it. 
I feel like I've never seen something on the network and been like, this is fucking stupid. I hate that it's on the network. But there's a lot of stuff I wish I could see on the network that I have not seen. The one thing I don't like with the network is the ways in which they kind of use the like hagiography of them producing all of the documentaries to they can basically disseminate whatever information they want through the network and have it be canon and but the problem is is like it's not a fucking comic book these are real people's lives do you think that an outside production company should handle more of the documentaries or do you I think current people who have agency, no, I'm totally fine with them doing everything in-house. I think they are best served with the archival footage they have to continue to do, to legitimize the history of wrestling in a meaningful way. Because that's the thing with the network. It is the Smithsonian of wrestling right now. It is... It's as close as we'll ever ever get. Yeah, it is where the history of wrestling exists, by and large, American wrestling at least. And that's a really profound thing they have to be careful with. And that's why I think a lot of their archival footage needs to be, if they want to continue with the legitimacy of the legacy of being um, the wrestling company in the world, they have to start doing stuff with A&E, do continue doing stuff with HBO, do stuff with Netflix, do stuff with major content producers outside of themselves to legitimize the stories they're trying to tell as opposed to being a PR firm for themselves. So if I have a complaint, it's that sometimes we get far too much quantity versus quality. How so? Look at the amount of wrestling content that they produce each week. Mm-hmm. The last how many months of WWE television has just, has just been brutally bad. Well, I think you were talking about two different. So the network, I don't think it's the network's. So, fault. I, I don't think it's a network specific issue, but it's a company specific mm-hmm. issue, and the network falls under it. Yeah, is that they're just they're just pumping out content. Yeah, they're pumping out content, pumping out content. They have economies of scale to do the level of content they're doing. almost exclusively because the network exists and they have an excuse to when they talk to their shareholders be like we had an extra 10 million in expenditures for and not to get too like inside baseball but like literally we spent an extra 10 million dollars on production shit why because we need content for the network we need to constantly be increasing subscriber uh, doing uh having positive it's all metrics and i understand all metrics but they can sell that but in reality, Vince is like, oh, we should do more stuff around the house. And it's like, meaning like around the arena and stuff like that. Right. And for, and for me talking about quality, this week is the Saudi Arabia show. I'd rather see fewer good shows than like garbage like this getting pumped out. Like here's The Undertaker versus Goldberg. First time ever. Great. 25 years too late. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to really see it back then. If it was 25 years ago, Goldberg hadn't wrestled yet. So that would also have been terrible. <laughs> Undertaker was probably also tied up with like Yokozuna ascending to the tied, heavens at the tied Royal up. Rumble. It's one of my favorite matches of all time, pal. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. We are a bad person. It was the worst pay-per-view endings of all time. Greatest Here's a million dollar corporation. Greatest of all time. The super showdowns are both the best and worst parts to me of the network. In terms of actual network shit. Because they give them an excuse to do these random shows. And just kind of be like, oh, we're just going to do it. Like the Shield's last match. Exactly. And they kind of, if they were, if I knew for a fact, oh, we're trying to like feel out what it would be like to do live shows. Like do frequent live shows so we get a lot more content on the network. And it allows people to see people they may not normally see on regular television, yada, yada, yada. That's not why they're doing this stuff. They're not doing it for, like, experimental. A lot of that stuff, the NXT stuff you have at the beginning, that's all kind of gone in a meaningful way. They now are just kind of churning out stuff. 
And maybe some of that creative juice... I mean, we just... And we will be doing an entire fucking series of episodes on this shit. We watched the fi- Firefly Funhouse. Absolutely incredible. One of the best segments I've ever seen on WWE television in terms of like an actual artistic interpretation of wrestling. Depending on when you're watching the, or You're not watching this. Depending on when you're listening to this, it was the Firefly Funhouse where Bray Wyatt goes full 80s music video workout against an evil Vince McMahon puppet with devil horns like it is really wild and I don't mean oh man they're like working themselves into a shoot I mean it is just really intense artistic stuff that they could be doing on the network that to go back to what I said before they should be doing shit like the ultimate deletion and stuff like that all the fucking talking smack talking smack was one and we talk about this almost every week talking smack is a top five thing the WWE has ever, ever done. It is a perfect idea for the wrestling. The Usos show. became who they are now on Talking yeah. Smack. Daniel Bryan learned how to cut promos for WWE on Talking Smack. Yeah. The Miz re-fucking invented himself and made himself a top guy In again. one promo on it. It's, he went from like, oh, it's the fucking Miz. To, oh, it's the fucking Miz yeah. on Talking Smack. The reason he is a babyface working with the biggest stars in the company is because of Talking Smack. That is the most important show that WWE has ever fucked up. Ever. Could it is per- It would have been perfect. Could you imagine if they still had Talking Smack going strong and they were got the network deal with Fox? They'd have a ready-made half-an-hour show at the I'd almost guarantee you that once the Fox deal takes effect, if they don't add a third hour of SmackDown, and God help us if they do... I don't think they will. I think they'll... What I expect is 205 Live becomes a pre-SmackDown taping, and you get Talking Smack post-SmackDown on Fox Sports 1 or Fox yeah. Sports 2. It's you know it, the same way that right now they plug two into the network, two into, two into Fox Sports 1 now, and here we go. Here's Renee, or here's... And they've got a whole amazing staff. Stable, of yeah, they have a they stable. They got Charlie Caruso doing it. Yeah, who's also absolutely fantastic as a as a journalist who can lead questions and really steer character development yeah. and and stories in a way that they don't always successfully do on television through their actual storytelling. Yeah, when they were doing the pre-show and the post-show, it mm. felt like, and they were doing this on the network. That's the type of stuff that they've done that they can continue to. And I understand they were doing cost cutting at that point. Party's over with that shit. Go back to spending money on production. If you're going to be a content company, do shit like Talking Smack. Do everything, but also do stuff. The pre-tape stuff, the Edge and Christian show is like a good middle point of this, of like weird, absurdist, really, really insider wrestling comedy. It is the only wrestling sketch show I've ever seen. It's like the SNL type show that Vince always wanted but never had. Yeah. I have a question. Would the network be better served to have outside advertising on the network? As far as sponsored segments for for stuff like Talking Smack, stuff where it's a, it's a fucking so Snickers you're... logo, um, you know, Talking Smack brought to you by Snickers whatever just just stuff to to brand and, and to generate the income needed to cover the cost of production while also delivering you your value are you if you watch the network now in like if you watch the live stream you get wwe ads in between you might get like our truth dance like you know dance across the screen and then that then that so are you asking should they have commercials that aren't commercials but are literally a mix of both like whether between like Branded segments and and/or product placement, like the way that they all have like the kickstart. To be clear, I'm a hundred percent fine with the product placement and the branded content. A hundred percent fine. I think commercials would have to be a because I don't want to hear people fucking complain about it on the internet. And when they thought there was a rumor of them putting ads on WWE Network, people flipped out. So here's my thing: um, shows like 205 Live, um, shows like Main Event. If you pull them up on the network, they're 42 minutes or so because they're still airing in TV markets elsewhere. So they're still built with commercial breaks. They're still built with shit. And if you're watching the network live streams, you just end up with these like 10 minute gaps where maybe you get some clips. Like they'll, they'll, sh- they'll put some hidden gem type clips in there and it's cool. 
But then you get like random bullshit commercials for WWE products that aren't generating any money. They're literally just filling so time. So you're saying uh, so it, you have the, you have this medium or you have this platform by which you can generate money and fill time. Whereas time you have to fill anyway. Does it hurt if in the middle of a 205 live where you're going to dip to a commercial break anyway to throw in a 30 second Snickers spot? I will it hurt? I don't see I'm totally fine with it as someone who like gets how hard it is to make money in media. Believe me. <laughs> uh, but I think it is something people would sincerely rebel against. So I think you would have to be careful. I think what you'd have to do is have kind of an understood rotating, almost like Nickelodeon style commercials, but for the network for a show them that I am fine with them doing it in general. I will point out that you go to the movies and you spend $15, $20 a ticket. And the first thing you do before you get what you paid for is sit through 20 minutes of commercials. Oh, yeah. And I, I am total agreement with you. I'm fine with all of this. What I'm saying is, is that people are crybabies and will complain about this specific thing because they pay already paid 10 bucks to not... And they didn't pay 10 bucks to not have ads, but they presuppose they're not supposed to have ads because Netflix doesn't have ads and Amazon Prime doesn't have ads. Hulu has ads. Hulu also has live sports, but not if you have the commercial free Hulu, which is what I have because I was trying to watch old episodes of Raw and I kept on getting interrupted. I was like, fuck it. I'm spending that extra three bucks. This is insane. Uh, but no, I, I definitely, I think that is a very serious question they're going to have to tackle if they want to treat this as a legitimate, meaningful Thing for their legacy going forward as a company that this is the thing they're going to build the future of the company on not they need to identify themselves are we at all a wrestling company anymore or are we just a company a sports and entertainment company that specifically produces sports entertainment so what's next for the network i think the network has to figure out if it's going, like I said, either it's a sports or they either have to go like full Total Divas style stuff to me, or they have to go way more sports oriented on the network in terms of producing that level of, there's base, there's 20 baseball games every day. Those are all archived. There's, you can go online, I'm sure, and find old games, but like they're producing stuff constantly i think the wwe like i've said a couple of times either has to like start filming live events and taking that the fact that they have shows on constantly make that meaningful or go the complete opposite way and only produce stuff outside of the pay-per-views that is like live with the wrestlers in the sense of like um chronicle or 24 mm. 7 stuff like that like i think they're only going that route. do documentary shit i would as i've said before prefer them to leave the archival stuff to them working with outside entities and then having that circle back to being available on the network so that i don't have to get an hbo subscription i can just get an uh, like the wwe network subscription i will then not and then yeah. sit through a 60 second ad for HBO yeah. at the top of the documentary. And that's totally fine. And that, if that's how you get that content on there, I'm, you will never hear me complain about ads on a television show. That's how television, soap operas are called soap operas. Cause they used to use them to sell fucking soap. Yeah. Like the television has always been, and essentially streaming media is now the new television has always been about making money for advertisers like netflix is the people are the people who like brought broke that but in reality they didn't they just tried the subscriber model but they're also buoyed almost completely by their stock price in terms of their like cash on hand and stuff like that like they are able to buy or not cash on hand but in terms of being able to make all of these deals and all these content deals and like they're all in on that shit though wwe either has to decide if they want to be uh like literally 
just pushing everything, eventually moving Raw and SmackDown to the network, or if they want to be a sports league that has a live product, and then they have all of the old live product on this space, and then, like, also use it as their, like, YouTube... Like, I... They, like... They need to figure out if they want to also use, like, the NBA TV thing where they have, like, old documentaries and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, they really need to figure out if they want to be a sports league or if they just want to be a content company. Well, that basically the live shows are almost completely secondary beyond dress rehearsals for them as a company going forward or if they're actually going to like use them they really need to make that decision i think the network is where you'll see that decision made i feel like they've made that decision i think they're going sports league we've got your yeah here's your stuff over on raw and smackdown here's where everything's gonna live yeah and and raw and smackdown are the drivers of eyeballs to the network correct in the same way that like people are like Oh, our nationally televised games, you like this? Totally get League Pass. Totally sign up for YouTube or uh, subscribe right. to NBA.com. It's, it's the new syndicated NBA. programming yeah. being used to sell the house shows. Yes, exactly. And that's, I think that's personally for me a much smarter direction to go because they ain't got the horses to do content company. They just don't. You, you cannot have a content company when your guys can get injured so easily guys and girls because i actually think that's important that like i think they got really lucky for the first little while with the women's division that nobody got hurt and now they're dropping like flies and people i I don't know if it was Meltzer or alvarez or one of those guys back a while back was saying like you're seeing 110 pound women doing spots at 260 pound muscled up dudes who have a lot more surface area to take the impact of a big bump Taking some big nasty bumps. And it's Asa- why you don't have to worry about Charlotte getting hurt. But like Naya, but, but a Sasha Banks going through yeah. a ladder, she's gonna yeah. get hurt. It's yeah, exactly. It's not it like that. They got incredibly lucky, and I I think they really need to accept that they're a sports league. They need to figure out some way to integrate an off season with their product, and if not directly, but with or they have to set the expectation for fans that. Dolph Ziggler is going to be gone for two months. Rey Mysterio is going to come in and out. Samoa Joe is going to be champion. He's going to be on the show every week. But like he's going to only face guys that are on the show every other week, maybe every three weeks. And I think wrestling fans accept that. Yeah. And I think that the network has also helped that with the way NXT is booked. Because mm-hmm. you, oh, you can yes, look at exactly. the fact that, like, okay, we, we, you and I have a three-month arc for our story. This month we might have a match, or this week rather, we have a match. Next week you're cutting a promo. Next week I'm cutting a promo. The next week's a video package. Yeah. And in the course of a month we've wrestled once. Yeah. And been in the same room twice out of the four weeks. And SmackDown has also kind of embraced that model as well. Maybe not because of the NXT model. Maybe just because of the necessity of two hours of TV time versus roster size. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's also where that big roster comes in handy and the network's kind of pushing them into that direction. Yeah, I I, I definitely think long-term they... You can't be a content company because you don't... Like, in the... Where a company that... Pre, unless you... The only way they could do it is if they start pulling in other companies and running their shows on, like... This is something they've talked about before has been rumored... Uh, bringing like let's say evolve and progress and you pay the tiered the tiered and that's something i think a lot of people would be willing to do is you don't like us we get it so i would 100 percent pay an extra ten dollars a month yeah if i'm getting evolve or um if they were to bring in like some companies from japan yeah or some some company like because right now i would be all about watching like, stardom when mm-hmm. wrestling from japan or um some of the british companies or like WXW in Germany. I don't want to pay nine ninety nine a month each. Yeah, all of these. Pro- I just, I just can't. That's the only other way I think they could become a platform for other companies to get on and become the YouTube. That's the only other direction this like they pay for. Well, it, YouTube. it makes them Netflix. Yeah, where they become the go to place for all this shit. Yeah, where it's I, like if I want to go watch some TV shows, I can go to Netflix. I want to watch a movie, I can go to Netflix. I want to watch stand-up comedy, I can go to Netflix. Yeah, I want to see death matches, I can go to 
the network. Yeah, it'll just be I, I the, net- the, big the It'll be the wrestling section. network or the W. It'd right. be the WWE network, well, but everybody call it the wrestling well, network because WWE and wrestling are synonymous. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, to go back to big picture, the legacy. If they go in that direction, they have to. Like I said, they have to be all fucking in in either direction because it's going to get too hard to split the difference, especially with AEW coming in and being like, we don't give a fuck about our library. It's all about what's happening going forward. Because all of the shit you actually want to see is already on fucking YouTube. Hmm. And like, we're not partnering with New Japan. I was putting that all in quotes. You saw. It's fun. (laughs) I I looked at the microphone when I said that. (laughs) Speaking to the viewers. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, he broke the fourth wall. Uh, <laughs> so many walls. I would go as far as to say we're surrounded by them. Uh, AEW has just decided to go all in on sports. Pun intended. All in. Double or nothing, man. I'm all out. <laughs> Got him. We watch wrestling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think they are going to be tempted to shy away from the sports stuff, I think, when AEW goes full sports. I think they need to have a sports show. This is something that Dylan and I talked about last week. They need a sports show, and they can have a soap opera variety show. They have to have their foot in the sports, because if they give up sports, they're going to start losing a lot more ground than if they give up the inter- more entertaining part of it. Because people, the roster is so good for WWE right now that even if you stop doing the goofy entertaining shit, you still have great matches. Where if you start to concede the great matches, your comedy isn't that good. Your drama isn't that good. It's not sustainable. For a fan like me who's not really enjoying any yeah. entertainment right now, just give me some good wrestling. And I think, You lose me. And I think that's what WWE is ultimately learning. And I think we can end on this. To me, the biggest lesson the WWE Network has taught the wwe is that wrestling matters and people like watching wrestling which is why they get the network because they like wrestling and you notice even when raw is unwatchable the matches when given time are always pretty good because they have literally the most talented roster in the history of wrestling top to bottom like they the worst guy on SmackDown is better than the worst guy, let's say, on Dusty Rhodes NWA in the eighties. Is the best guy better than Ric Flair? No, but like there's a thousand guys in between, and all of them are better than the tenth guy. You're not on... going to see many people who aren't pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Like it is the deepest roster, and it has a lot of really big stars. But they're kind of they have to they have to figure out how to use those people. And the best way to do it is to cut down on the stupid fucking bullshit. And I not that you don't have storylines. Because a lot of dusty shit, and you can listen to it on the pod beyond. Uh, um The McFoley School of Cheap Pops. <laughs> thank you. Um you can see that a lot of it isn't guys re- it's it's mostly jobber matches with stars beating up jobbers selling the house shows selling the house shows but it's a lot of storylines but the storylines only focus on the matches that they're going to have at the house shows or the matches they want to have at the next big like you know jamboree or whatever the fuck they do i don't know what they do in the south because they don't have paper no because they don't have pay-per-views it's like i don't know do they have like they have like the Great American Where, Bash where's series. Where's Dusty Two Electric Boogaloo? Yeah, exactly. Like they do shit like that. They have Starcade. It's the one show they have every year is Starcade, and it's a big deal. But like, they're not con- They're not constant. They're just building good storylines to good matches, hmm. and that's what you should be doing. Building storylines to sell tickets. Yes. Fancy that. Yeah, make me want to watch. Make me want to spend money. Make me want to watch the next thing that you put on the network. That's it. Everything you do should make me want to watch the next thing. And I think they're starting to learn that almost in reverse, which is like, what type of shit should we put on Hidden Gems? Oh, these videos, these shows, matches do really well. And they're not particularly famous people. So I guess people just like this kind of match. And then they're starting to build out like, 
oh, people like this kind of stuff because I wonder why. Like, you have people who are actually, eventually, when things change in terms of the creative process, that'll be really important. They have all this experience knowing what people like and actively like engaging with it and then giving them what they want without giving them everything. They've learned a lot of stuff in terms of like patience and shit like that from the network. And it doesn't seem to translate to Vince, but everybody else seems to get it. So what do you think the biggest lesson that WWE has learned from the network in the basically five years since it started? The biggest lesson that WWE has learned in my opinion since the network has launched is that they have a new way to reach different fans is they know who they are targeting every week on Raw and SmackDown. Sure shit ain't you and me. I watch out of habit, but yeah. I watch because I've watched for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's because I'm a 32-year-old man who, as a little boy, tuned in every Saturday and Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And then when Raw started, uh, when I was allowed to stay up to watch, I did. The VCR was going if if I wasn't. And... It's it's been a piece of my life for twenty five years. I often hate the show, but everything I love about wrestling I can find on the network. Mm-hmm. So even when I hate what they're doing on TV, if I'm not something that they're factoring into their future on television, I'm still a customer they can target and solicit money from on yeah. a regular basis with very little extra expenditure. And I think they've done a really great job of diversifying their audience and kind of bringing people back from the indies or the new japans or the ring of honors the amount the... of people that i know that stopped watching wrestling or never watch wrestling and then i gave them the network password and now they like will talk about wrestling you're just like this is this is heaven this is all i've ever wanted <laughs> it, it's it's been it's it's shown people what else wrestling can be yes as opposed to just this thing on monday nights on usa whether it's a Hall of Fame, whether it's a Total Divas, whether it's a documentary, it's it's a new way to reach the people who wouldn't watch what they do. Yeah. And that is the biggest thing that they've picked up. It's like, oh, there's a lot of people out there that aren't watching. What else can we give them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's a, that's definitely... So I think overall it's been a net good, but the, like I said, it's not that it's bad. There, there's really very little about the network that is bad, but I think we can both agree it has not come anywhere close to reaching its potential. There's a lot of room to grow. A lot of room to grow. A um, lot less room in this episode uh, left at the end. I, I knew where you were going with that. I figured okay. that out. You're getting pretty, pretty okay at these transitions. Thank you. Do uh, you have anything to plug this week? So right. Thursday, June twentieth, Outlaw Wrestling is in Brooklyn. Friday, June twenty first, NYWC. Uh, we induct Jerry Lynn, who has been literally everywhere, Jerry Lynn. into the NYWC Hall of Fame. The new F and Show is the new F and Hall of Famer. He goes in with uh, former two time NYWC champion King Mega. And the next night, uh, we are teaming up with other half brewing company at uh, Industry City in Brooklyn. We are part of an IPA festival. Beer and wrestling. What else could you love more? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, NYWC Wrestling, and uh, NYWC New York Wrestling Connection on the Facebooks. And you can check me out at the next one is T H E N one C K S D R. You can check us out at H W E T W Pod on Twitter. Uh, we are trying to get the Instagram going. Weird thing happened with the account. I'll explain it someday when you're older. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. How many stars? So here's the thing. You have five options for star counts. There's only one that you need. Five. I'm holding up five. You ever watch a King Kong Bundy match? Five. Remember when Big E came up before he lost his last name? Five. Booker five T. Five stars. Five time. Five time. Five time. Five time. Two time Hall of Famer? Five stars. <laughs> five stars. Oh, and if this if this was if this podcast was being hosted at the Tokyo Dome. Five stars. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash HWDE. Give us your fucking money. Keep it traditional alive.
Find your 